The U.S. presidential election is less than a week away, and already it's shaping up to be an historic one. As the news heats up, turn to America Media for a smart and balanced Catholic perspective on what's happening and what comes next. Find it all at americamagazine.org. Welcome to Inside the Vatican with America Media. Each week, veteran Vatican reporter Gerard O'Connell and I take you behind the headlines for an intergenerational conversation about the biggest stories out of the Vatican. It has been a crazy news week on the Vatican beat, so we're going to recap it all on today's show, beginning with questions that emerged about the Pope's comments on civil unions in the documentary that came out last week. Then we'll talk about the appointment of America's first Black Cardinal, Wilton Gregory. And finally, we'll recap the Vatican-China deal, which was renewed last week. I'm Colleen Deli. This is Inside the Vatican. Good morning from New Orleans, Jerry. Good afternoon from sunny Rome, Colleen. It's always sunny for you. I'm jealous. We have another hurricane coming our way. Oh, well, we we have uh, the COVID, which has hit Italy, which is hitting right across Europe. That's right. We were worried you might be in lockdown this week. How's how's that going? Well, my daughter, she's come through it, I think, safely. But some of her friends are in uh, quarantine, in isolation. And uh, my son's school, they I told you in the last episode, I think 25 out of 30 classes were in quarantine. And you were worried the school was going to close. Well, the school now is doing everything, distance teaching, distance learning, until 7 November. Mm-hmm. So your house is a little bit crowded right now. Well, yes. <laughs> Um, how are things in the Vatican? Well, the, the the reality is that the Pope has met three people in the last month, I think, who have had COVID subsequently. So the Vatican has issued uh, internal guidelines to people not to gather together, to wear masks in front of uh, any place where you can't keep uh, distance. And they've also uh, really revisiting whether people can actually visit people in the Vatican. Yeah. Now, the Vatican had already released protocols at the beginning of October, and we covered that in print at least. Um, And we saw that Pope Francis was not abiding by them. Do we think that he might start to do that now? Is there any sign of that? Well, we saw him at the meeting, the interreligious meeting in uh, last week, where he wore the mask the whole time together with the Patriarch Bartolomeo, etc. But the next day at his audience, he did not. But the next day at the audience, he didn't. But he, he was distanced from people. So he, he, he didn't meet the crowd. And uh, on either side of him, there was uh, more than the uh, regulatory distance between him and the people beside him. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think at that point, uh, the people who are working with him uh, have all been tested. So it's... Uh, it's a fairly safe atmosphere mm-hmm. immediately around him. It's when people come in from outside and visit him. But I, I've noticed this week there's been less uh, people in the private audiences. I, I think they're they're checking fairly carefully. And then, of course, in the city of Rome, the government has introduced strict measures across Italy. So all restaurants and bars and everything close at 6 o'clock in the evening. And the message of the government to people is, if it's not necessary that you leave your house, you don't leave it. You stay at home. And Jerry, how many cases a day are we looking at now in Italy? Uh, we were on Sunday around 20,000, which was quite high. 
20,000 new cases. New cases. Uh, That's so many. Yesterday, Monday, but the testing was low over the weekend. We had 17,000. Mm -hmm. But uh, I reckon we're back up tonight. Goodness. Because the troubling thing is the intensive care units, the emergency units in the hospital. Mm -hmm. They now are running high numbers. And uh, the government is concerned about this, the health ministry. Also, social tensions are starting in Naples, in Turin, in Milan, uh, and to a certain extent in Rome yesterday. Social tensions, people protesting. They, they said this new semi-lockdown is really making life impossible for us. We can't survive economically. So I, I think we're in for a, a difficult uh, autumn winter. Yeah. All right. So you'll keep us updated on that. And in the meantime, try to stay safe. We're also following the major news from the Vatican tonight. Pope Francis voicing support for same-sex civil unions, the first pope in history to do so. This came during an interview for a documentary which premiered today at the Rome Film Festival. The pope says, quote, homosexual people have the right to be in a family. They are children of God. It is a break with the traditional position of the Roman Catholic Church. Let's talk about our first story for this week, which is a follow-up on what we talked about last week. Last week, if you remember, we talked about this new documentary, Francesco, uh, and obviously what made the big headlines was that Pope Francis said in an interview that was included in this documentary that he supported civil union laws for gay and lesbian couples. Actually, he supported them for anyone who is in a long-term, stable relationship living together. Now, in the next few days after that uh, documentary came out, which it came out on the day that our last episode came out, uh, people started raising questions about where the soundbite came from, whether the translation was accurate, and if the Pope was changing church teaching. So I thought we could take a couple minutes on this show just to clear up those questions really fast. Um, so Jerry, let's kind of do this rapid fire. The first one is whether the Pope was mistranslated. Now this comes down to a question of, he used the term convivencia civil, which some people have argued doesn't mean civil union. What what do you know about this? Convivencia civil means a stable relationship where couple are living together. So it, it can be heterosexual, it can also be homosexual. So the, the Pope has always distinguished very clearly. There is marriage, as understood in the Christian teaching, between man and woman. So he reserves the term marriage solely for this union between man and woman. Other types of union, they call them at one stage, they spoke about irregular unions, uh, but you call this, some people call them civil unions, but he, stable unions. The Pope says, look, this is the reality. People are living in these situations. They must have legal protection. They must have protection which guarantees if maybe they've bought a house together, that if one dies, that the inheritance rights can be transmitted. If uh, people are sick, they can have health care, that they can have the social and civil rights acknowledged by the state. So the, the Francis is very clear, but he distinguishes very clearly Christian marriage man, between man and woman and these other kinds of unions, which he argues should have legal protection. Right. So he draws a distinction between these convivencia civil or civil union and marriage. I think the issue has come down to there have been some commentators saying that convivencia civil and union civil, you know, civil union are not the same. Uh, but it's my understanding that they're used interchangeably in Argentina, right? 
Yes, this is my understanding as well. And uh, the one of the theological advisors of the Pope wrote an article, and he, he explained very clearly that, that, that this is how the Pope is what he's teaching. Mm-hmm. The theological advisor that you mentioned is an Argentinian bishop. So on the question of translation, we we can take him at his word. Let's talk about where this quote came from. Originally, when he was questioned, the Russian film director Evgeny Afineski said that he had got it on camera from the, in an interview with the Pope. Right, like shot by his own crew. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the reality, this didn't happen. The, the, what we see in the documentary about two minutes, was filmed by Vatican Television in an interview with Mexican Televisa reporter Valentina Alzaraki. So it was her interview. She asked a lot of questions, a very, very long interview, almost two hours. She asked a lot of questions. One question was about parents who discover their children are uh, homosexual. And what did they do about it? Or people discovering in the family, there is some member of the family, homosexual. And the Pope was very clear. You don't kick them out of the family. They are part of the family. They have a right to be in the family. That is their place. The second question uh, was of a totally different nature. Uh, Valentina asked the Pope, and she said, you know, when you were back in Argentina, you you, you, you seemed to be very conservative. You fought very hard against uh, same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. She said, has the Holy Spirit changed you? And the Pope said, well, maybe the Holy Spirit, yes, the Holy Spirit exists, he's at work. He said, but uh, to speak about uh, same-sex marriage, he he called it an incongruity. Mm -hmm. Because, again, he he holds this line that says marriage is heterosexual, right? Yes, he holds, exactly. And then he said, but he said, people in stable unions have a right to legal protection. Mm Mm-hmm. And what the film director, the Russian film director did, he took these two partial quotes out of two very different questions and assembled them together and got what we, what is the sentence that everybody now knows. Right, which starts with they have a right to a family and ends with there should be civil protections, which changes the context a little bit, but like not substantially. The, the, the context is very important. And also the, the, the question is what is being asked. And then the, the, the reality is uh, also this was not from his interview. Right. And so there's a question here about why Afanevsky originally told reporters that this interview was originally his. Uh, but, you know, I think that some people are also confused about what happened with the Mexican TV station. So you mentioned this interview was shot with Vatican cameras, and you wrote a really good article explaining this. Basically, what happens is that journalists, when they go to do an interview with the Pope, a lot of the time, uh, they'll make a deal with the Vatican where the Vatican will record the interview with their cameras, they'll look over the tape and make their own edits and then give it to the TV station. And the journalists agree to this because obviously an edited interview with the Pope is better than no interview at all and it gives them access. And so what happened here was that this line about civil unions was not actually included in the tape that the Vatican then gave to the Mexican TV station from the interview they did. But Afanevsky was given access to the full archive. And uh, and Jerry, I want to bounce this back to you. Some people have raised the question, like, was someone in the Vatican trying to silence the Pope on this? What do you make of, of that? I understand from speaking to people as well here that what happens is you get an interview. This one was particularly long. So there was, first of all, the need to shorten it. Because most of it focused on the question of the abuse crisis, right? Yeah. 
And I, I, I don't uh, quite know the logic. What I do know is, and I was told very clearly, that they do not change anything the Pope has said without his authorization or agreement. Right. So no one is censoring the Pope here. Now, Jerry, let's go on to this question of, is the Pope changing church teaching? People who are more critical of the Pope will point to this 2003 document from the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith that says Catholics shouldn't support any legal protections for homosexual unions. And they say that the Pope is going against this. Well, you know, people are very quick to criticize the Pope in some sectors of the Church. It's almost as if they're looking for a reason to criticize him. The new cardinal-designate, Semeraro, who was the secretary of the Council of Cardinals, he says, really, it's totally unacceptable that they take one sentence, ignoring all the teaching the Pope has made in these years, all the clarifications they has made, and just using this to uh, say he's changed church doctrine. There is no change in church doctrine. Right. And there's also no change in church doctrine because this is an interview. It's not an official, you know, statement of of church teaching, right? Like in the levels of church teaching, an interview doesn't really have standing. Yes, but it's an assembling of two, as I said earlier, of two different answers. And secondly, mm-hmm. uh, it's very clear the Pope does see that people in stable unions have a right to, to be defended, to have legal de- legal protection. He's out for protecting people. But uh, some people like to see everything in black and white categories. And uh, Francis is not playing that game. Yeah, you know, and the thing that I've been hearing a lot from my LGBT friends, who are very familiar with church teaching, like several of them have degrees in theology, um, you know, they're... They were still excited about this, even though it's not changing church teaching, because it's such a huge change in tone for the Vatican. And I think that's what a lot of people are celebrating here, is that that Francis continues to take this more welcoming tone towards LGBT folks, like we've talked about on the show a bunch of times. Yes, if there are countries where uh, gays, LGBT people are really uh, criminalized. Yes, I mean, we, we were in, for example, we were in Uganda at one stage. And uh, people were asking the Pope to speak out. Well, so sometimes the Pope doesn't speak out because he, he feels, well, maybe I can get something better. Maybe I can achieve more by private talk. Of course, if people like him to see him come out and then they've got the statement, public statement and, and newspaper headlines, etc. But maybe that's not the best route always. And so it's, it's a prudential judgment on how you achieve your end. All right, Jerry. So we have um, a bunch of explainers. Actually, you mentioned Uganda just now. We have an article of reactions from LGBT Catholics around the world to this news, um, especially in places where homosexuality is criminalized or taboo. I'll link to that in the show notes, along with my explainer about the uh, main questions about this quote and your explainer on how Vatican communications works amidst all of these questions. Uh, You and I also shot a video that we will include a link to in the show notes. So lots of reading material if our listeners want to dive deeper into this. Ecco i nomi dei nuovi cardinali. Monsignor Wilton Gregory, Arcivescovo di Washington. All right, Jerry, for our second story, uh, Pope Francis announced that he would make 13 men cardinals at the end of November, and this includes the first African-American cardinal ever, Cardinal-elect Wilton Gregory, who is Bishop of Washington, D.C. right now. Uh, how was this news received in Italy? Well, it was front-page news. 
I remember in 2002, Colleen, I was reporting here in Rome for another news outlet, and I remember Wilton Gregory giving a press briefing to to us, and really he, he was so clear and so committed on on the on the abuse question, and uh, it really it left a very good impression in Rome, and uh, then he seemed to kind of fade a little, and now Francis has brought him back, and he, he's the only he was the only he is the only black uh, or Afro American. Uh, Archbishop in the Catholic Church in the United States, and I, I think that this is, is this is good news that the, the church in in a year where there's been so much tension, racial tension, also where there's been a uh, lot of revisiting the history of slavery, that his nomination has come. I think there are many messages here. Yeah, Wilton Gregory has been really outspoken, especially in the current racial justice reckoning in the U.S. Um, he's been kind of a public face of the U.S. Bishops' Conference on that. And people will remember that, you know, back in 2002, during the abuse crisis, he was also a, a public face of the bishops. So he's got a ton of experience. Terry, I want to wrap up this uh, this quick story about the announcement with um, a clip from St. Sabina Church, which is on the south side of Chicago, where Gregory is from. Uh, and here is how they reacted to the announcement of him being made a cardinal. Been at this church so many times and been a friend of mine since high school. We went to high school together and today he was named the cardinal as the first African-American cardinal of the United States ever. So I, I texted him early this morning and I said, I'm so happy that it's you, brother, but I'm also sad it took so long. <laughs> In 2020, we just have our first African-American cardinal, but we bring congratulations to him. And Jerry, one last quick update that shouldn't be lost in all of this news that we've covered. Uh, the Vatican-China deal was extended for another two years. Can you briefly summarize the deal for our listeners who might need a recap? Well, the, the deal really focuses on the appointment of bishops in China. Right now, as a result of the deal, which was first signed on the 22nd of September 2018, all Catholic bishops in China, about 100 of them, they're all in union with the Pope. But they still cannot meet together. They still cannot travel freely to Rome to meet the Pope. But they're all in, in union with the Pope. This deal is to ensure that the appointment of any other bishop in China will be ones that are approved by the Pope. They have a, a democratic election system, which the government has organized. But at the end of the day, it will be the Pope who will say, yes, I approve him, or no, I do not. The public tone of the Vatican on this deal has been very supportive, but you did some great reporting that I'm going to link to in the show notes on, you know, some of the more realistic, I guess, uh, you know, honest answers from the Vatican from the inside about how this deal hasn't all been easy. Um, and so I will link to that in the show notes. And for our listeners, we will have a longer episode coming on the Vatican-China deal very soon. So stay tuned to Inside the Vatican for that. All right, Jerry, thanks for uh, recapping all of this news with us this week. I really appreciate it, and I hope you stay safe. Thank you, Colleen, and I hope you stay safe. And by the time we, our listeners hear next week's program, you will have had your election. There's a lot of interest here in that. That's right. All right, so we'll keep you updated on all of this and all of the news out of the Vatican here on Inside the Vatican. Inside the Vatican is a production of America Media. This week's episode was produced by Maggie Van Dorn. 
Production assistance from the Jesuit Curia in Rome and from Kevin Christopher Robles. Inside the Vatican is mixed by Noah Levinson. You can find in-depth and up-to-date Vatican coverage at americamagazine.org and follow us on Twitter at I-N-S-D-E Vatican Pod. That's Inside Vatican Pod without the second I and inside. You can also email us your questions and comments at insidethevatican at americamagazine.org. For America Media with Gerard O'Connell, I'm your host and producer, Colleen Dully. We'll see you next time. Thank you.